This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. the spooky Halloween edition of Cosmic Potato. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Count Sean Von Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me tonight in the haunted studio, we have Scott. How are you, sir? I have accent. Yes. <laughs> Jen is here as well. How are you? Uh, I'm just happy to be the final girl. (laughs) (laughs) Rick is here as well. How are you, sir? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That's from the only, uh, um, oh, Adam Sandler. No, not Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Only Adam Sandler movie I've ever liked. (laughs) And uh, John is here as well. He's in the, he's backstage. He'll be, uh, typing in from time to time. He wants me to talk like that through the whole show. I choose not to. Um, do you guys know what good choice? <laughs> do you guys know what today is? Today uh, is a special day because this is episode 200. Woo! Woo! 
and you don't have your soundboard going for it? I don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, we've done more than 200 shows because we did a few bonus episodes and we did 12 Days of Christmas last year. That was 12 extra shows, but they were short shows, so I didn't count them as normal episodes. We've had 200 actual episodes of the show. So nice. Uh, so that's uh, over the last uh, six years. I, I don't have anything super special plan to commemorate, but I do want to take a minute to thank everyone that's taken part and supported the show over the last six years and made it something that I didn't give up on or lose interest. In. <laughs> um, <laughs> the biggest reason that I do this show is to talk to people that I like about stuff that I like. And the second reason is because all of you out there listening, uh, making comments and posting things on our Facebook group, uh, make it a lot of fun. If I didn't have both of those things, participants and an audience, then there wouldn't be a show to do. So, um, and special thanks to our patrons because you go the extra mile and you contribute to the show financially. You're the reason that I've got a new webcam right now. And, um, and if you want to be part of that, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash infinite potato and find out how you can become a patron and get special episodes and early access to uh, some of our content. So go check that out. So tonight is the third part of our Halloween series. And we've talked about our family friendly spooky picks. Uh, well, you know what, before we get into that, while we're talking about family friendly, since I brought that up, have any of you guys watched the, uh, the Muppets uh, haunted mansion on Disney nope. plus? Is that new? Yeah. It just came out yesterday. Okay, I I saw it, and for some reason I was like, oh, that was years ago, wasn't it? And and I just no, I had I don't. No, this is brand I'm, new. I'm afraid to. Uh, it's, I mean, it's 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 funny. It's it's good. It's only an hour long. I mean, it's not a movie. Oh, is it? It's oh, just okay. a special. Uh, but it's it's this hybrid of the Muppets and the Haunted Mansion from Disney World. So if you've ever ridden the ride at Disney World, the Haunted Mansion. It's got a lot of that stuff in it, but they're mixing it with Muppets. So you've got, um, if, if you remember in the ride, there's a ballroom scene. There's a lot of people dancing. Well, in the, in the special, they're all Muppets dancing and it's a call back to the dance, the ballroom dancing scenes from the Muppet show, you know, where they, they, they stop and, and each couple tells a little joke and then they go to the next couple or whatever hmm. and they recreate the Muppet show theme, but. Oh, they do. Yeah. Wow. They, they sing a Halloween, <laughs> they sing a Halloween song about killing Gonzo and it's sung to the tune okay. of the, of the, uh, of the Muppet show theme song. And it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic. Kermit's yeah. voice sounds weird. I don't know who's doing well, his voice. Well, this is like days. the third person doing Kermit. So yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Everybody else is pretty on par except Fozzie has teeth now for some reason. And that's weird. Hmm. Uh, but he was also, it wasn't really Fozzie. It was like a ghost version of Fozzie. Okay, so let's know. not spoil any more of it, Sean. That's not, I'm not spoiling it. Just Fozzie has teeth. That's not a spoiler. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think that's the portion of the statement that he was referring to. But in classic <laughs> Sean fashion, he gets called out on spoiling. And then he just plays it off. And, oh, that's not really spoiling. That's not spoiling. <laughs> 
Uh, he's not me. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't think you can spoil this. I mean, it's just it's a Muppet special. It's just... <laughs> All right, but there may be things that it's like, oh, that's funny. Ex- I wish I didn't know that was going to happen. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> so we've talked about our favorite horror movies that came out before the year two thousand, and tonight we're going to talk about the best horror movies that have come out since the year 2000. So the last 21 years have seen, whoa, Virginia's wanting to be admitted. Let me, let me bring her in to the, there's Virginia. Hey, oh, she's kind of, there she is. Hey, Virginia. Hello. Hey, Hi. you're here. We're just about to talk about horror movies. Awesome. Um, So the last uh, 21 years have, seen a lot of changes to horror torture porn has kind of become the norm <laughs> uh we've got uh found footage films are pretty uh, a pretty regular occurrence now there's a lot more films coming out that are kind of blurring the lines between horror and comedy so we're going to talk about some of our favorite things that have come out more recently and by recent i mean anytime in the last 21 years so um Jim, why don't you start start us out? What's uh what's one of your favorite horror movies that came out after the year two thousand? Uh, Let the Right One In, which I've mentioned before. Uh, Fantastic movie. This is the original, not the remake. Because uh, also Let Me In, which was the remake that came out in two thousand ten, which was the American version. Uh, but Let the Right One In is the original. And it's a vampire movie that's very atypical for a vampire movie because it has a vampire child in it. Uh, I also have the novel. Love it. Uh, it's, I personally enjoy it. It's, it's one of those, it, it, it takes place in the eighties and it's essentially a young boy in school. You know how it starts out. A young boy in school is, is teased. Is a nice way to put it. He's bullied. He ends up befriending a girl who moves in to the uh, hotel complex or hotel apartment complex that he's in. And she has a guardian who you find out later is her protector. Uh, But she's basically stuck as a child because she's a vampire. And I can't go much more into it because there's a lot of spoilery stuff, uh, even for a film that's, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, you you don't want to spoil this one. This one is best yeah, enjoyed. The ending is oh yes, the ending mm-hmm. is masterful. That's all I'll mm-hmm. say. Uh, definitely want to if you're into vampire films at all, especially vampire films that go away from the norm. Definitely, definitely recommend. Let the right one in. <laughs> Can I, I just put in an addendum? An addendum on this? Sure. Watch. Watch the subtitled version, um, because if you, if you've got the DVD or I presume the Blu-ray, you have there are multiple audio tracks and you can watch it with an English dub, mm-hmm. and the English dub is absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's awful. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so worth it to just listen to the original performances and 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 read the the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that, my that reminds me. Have any of you guys watched uh, Squid Game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I have it. I haven't watched um, it. 
I watched it with the English dub, but I also had the subtitles on because I usually watch subtitles on everything. The subtitles are horrible. The subtitles make no sense. Really? Huh. I mean, the, I mean, they don't even make sense in the conversations that they're having. So yeah, I watched it with the dub. So the, and, and the, <laughs> the dub, the dub is good. I mean, the dub mm-hmm. is good. At least it makes sense. You know, I was able to watch the whole thing with the dub and I didn't have a problem. So. Yeah. But yeah, I recommend that show. That's a good show. Now, it's are, good. It's good. Are you yeah. saying that the the English subtitles don't match up with the English dubbing? No, I'm saying that the the English subtitles. I mean, it's not the same words. If that's what you mean, it's just it's whoever did the translation for the subtitles is not the same person that did the translation for the dubs. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been seeing articles. uh, Well, I think everyone's been seeing articles because Squid Game is like the the new most popular thing on the face of the planet. Yep. Um, (laughs) But I'm seeing articles that are indicating that um, uh, Koreans are are letting English speakers know. uh, Yeah, if you're watching the the an English subtitled version of the Squid Game, it's you're you're not getting what you should. It, it, it almost who, who, feels like it was done by an AI and it doesn't even feel like it was done by a person. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it, it's way out there. Google translate. <laughs> All right. Virginia, what about you? What's a, what's a horror movie that you like? Um, I actually am not very prepared. I didn't expect to be here. So I just oh, okay. <laughs> came to say hi and hang out with all like, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like was the ring after two thousand. That was pretty terrifying to me. Yeah, yeah, that was like two thousand one or two, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, the original is like much scarier, of course, but I didn't sleep for a while after I saw that one. So <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen the original Ringu, the Japanese yeah, version. I've never yeah. seen that one. But yeah, the the original American version. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie. It terrified my wife, though. <laughs> have I have I on this podcast told the story of when uh, me and a group of friends all watched The Ring together? Are they all dead now? Mm. Oh, <laughs> did they die in seven days? That's rude. Um, no, you haven't. So, it, uh, myself, my uh, fiance, my. Uh, at the time she was my fiance, she uh, is now my first ex-wife. Um, uh, the two of us and uh, about a half dozen other friends were all gathered together and we turned all the lights out. We watched The Ring. Ooh. And we finished the movie and it was a good movie and it was creepy and we were all unsettled. And since it was the DVD, it had the special feature of if you select just the right thing, it will show you the content of the video that... Uh, that is the focus of the movie because hmm. in the movie you're watching other people watch the video, but you don't really get to mm. see the video like they do mm-hmm. like using mm-hmm. a special feature. You can see the video as though you're yeah. as though you have it in your own machine. Uh, so we click on that and we're, you know, everyone's watching it and they're picking it apart and everyone is just completely wrapped by it. And about halfway through that video, I see uh, my friend, Tony, uh, who has uh, done a few episodes of I'd watch that for a dollar. And it was her house that we were watching it at. I saw her reach under her torso and 
sneakily plot her cell phone. Yeah. I know what's coming now. <laughs> she, she punches in a number and then she just waits. She waits and then that video ends and she <laughs> hits the send button and the landline in the house starts ringing. <laughs> My fiance, Rick, I'm stealing your thunder. My fiance flips the f*** out. <laughs> she loses her mind. And I'm doing everything I can to contain myself and not laugh because I know exactly what's happening. <laughs> It was an amazing time. And she was mad at me for three months <laughs> because she felt embarrassed. My wife had a couple of cousins that were teenagers at the time and they, uh, they had been watching it and they didn't realize that that was on the DVD. And, and I was like, you know, the, the whole video is on the DVD where you can watch it and see all the images and stuff. So they started playing it and it's only like, what, two minutes long, something like that. Mm-hmm. As they're sure. playing it, I walk into the other room and when it's over, I called the landline. <laughs> My wife's cousin, like, oh no, no, don't answer it. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Right. Do you see uh, John's statement? I saw something come up while we were talking. Can we talk for a second about how listening to dubs is like the new gatekeeping? <laughs> and yeah, I, I totally get that because there are some people, you know, it's it's along the same lines of how dare you eat your food in a way I don't or how dare you like that music. Um, you know, I I generally prefer to watch something in another language uh, with the subtitles so I can get the original performance, but I certainly don't fault anyone who wants to listen to the dubbed version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are a lot of people, especially anime people who are like, you know, treat you as the worst kind of scum. If you, if you even hint at wanting to listen to the dubbed version of, of any of their shows. Yeah. I mean, and there, there, there are things that I'll watch. I'll watch the original performance and I'll watch the titles, but there's a lot of times that I'm watching a movie that I can't sit and look at the screen the whole time. And, uh, yeah. and if you, if you're doing that, then you're going to lose a large chunk of the, of the story. My wife mm-hmm. and I used to watch a show that several of the characters on the show were deaf. Oh, and yeah. so 50% of the show was done in ASL and, um, and there were subtitles. But if you were like looking at your phone or if you were working while you were watching it, there was half the show you weren't, you weren't going to get it. And the performances were great because these were like teenagers and, and, they, and they're, they're deaf in real life and, you know, and that, but, and they give really good performances on the show. But if you're not going to sit and watch the screen, then there's no sense in watching it at all. But, uh, John says, I've been hearing slash reading a lot of quote, real moviegoers listen to the original audio, unquote. Maybe, but don't be an a-hole about it. I get, the t- I get that translations suck, but like you, Sean, I always have captions on. If you have a hard time reading the text and watching the performance, so be it. If you want to say, quote, the dub is meh, but the subtitles are better, unquote, that's great. But let others watch subs or dubs as they see fit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I personally prefer the subtitled versions, except for Cowboy Bebop. I will only watch that dub, but uh, most everything else I, I tend to watch subtitled because I like hearing the original language. Um, Squid, uh, you know, that was one of the first ones where I was told going into it, oh, you need to listen to it with the, you watch it with the dub and it's fine. I'm like, okay. And I was fine with it. Um, it, it was just most of the, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a, like, 
I have to watch it this way or this way. Uh, but I prefer subtitled. I mean, everybody has their own thing and I don't judge them for it. It's it, whatever. <laughs> well, like the, the new star Wars cartoons, the new star Wars shorts, star Wars visions. Mm-hmm. I know that there is a subtitled, you, you can watch them subtitled. Yeah. Um, but I also know that the, the voice talent they got for dubbing them is all A-listers. So I had no problem watching them with the dubs. So yeah, yeah, purist. That, thank you, John. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a purist in one way or another. I mean, whatever you want to, if you want to watch them all dubbed, go for it. I don't mind. <laughs> all right, Scott, what about you? What's your, what's your first one? Um, well, I'm not going to say that it's necessarily uh, you know, the best or one of the best, but I, I did pick this one. Um, partially because it's the earliest one on my list. I just went to my own media library and I uh, searched by genre. So everything that's considered a horror movie in my library came up and I sorted it by year. And uh, one of the first in the year 2000 seemed like a, uh, a, a reasonable and appropriate pick. Uh, not because I love this movie and I like watching it all the time, but it is when it comes in terms of the genre, it is fairly important. And that would be from the year 2000 saw. Uh, the original saw. Yep. I actually like the original um, saw. Now, Brutal. <laughs> now, Sean had mentioned, uh, you know, how, how torture porn is kind of like, you know, the thing these days, or at least it was that for a while. Um, and, and I will agree with that. I don't necessarily blame saw for that. But the mm-hmm. people who tried to copy Saw and they leaned on the the grisly violence and the discomfort more than trying to make a halfway decent story around it. And unfortunately, that's what the series became. It's just ridiculous death mm-hmm. traps and threadbare story to try to tie those traps together. But the first film in the series, uh, you know, there, there, was, there was a cleverness to it. Um, there was there was thought put into it, and yes, the death traps were uh, disturbing as they were meant to be. Yeah. Excuse me, but they weren't so outlandish as to make it seem like they had gone back in time and made these in the nineties just with advanced special effects. By the time you mm-hmm. get to uh, like Saw Five Six, now it's just now you're just silly. Now you're almost a parody of yourself with the traps that they made. But in that first one, simpler traps, uh, they took the time and the effects budget to really get into the detail of the violence. And that's really what got under people's skin is not the trap itself, but, but how closely and how carefully they, they got to showing us the traps that were, that were in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Real real shudder inducing um and carrie elvis is always always the delight to watch um so the the first saw and probably the only one that i would want to go back and watch again and i recently watched the entire series front to back including spiral i don't feel the need to go back and watch any of them except for the first one yeah they get they they really got confusing especially with the timeline because they're like Oh, this one takes place before the last one. And this one, oh, we got you. This one takes place at the same time yeah. as the other one. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know. Hey, hey, I hope you enjoyed Saw 4. Guess what? It happened at the exact same time of the of the last one that you watched. Whoa, did we blow your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know we left the we left that last one with the cliffhanger with the little girl missing, but the next movie, we're not going to pick that up. You're going to have to wait another movie for that one. Yep. <laughs> Makes me glad I've only saw the first one because yeah, mm. that's a- yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one's not nearly as graphic as the others. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Virginia, you can uh, go online and just read like Wikipedia synopses of uh, the rest of the series, and you'll be fine. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, Rick. What's one that you will watch? <laughs> I've got a lot more than than most people would think. I mean, it is it is well known that I am incredibly squeamish when it comes to horror films. Um, so, and 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 it's funny because some people just don't understand what that means because they'll be like, "Oh, oh, you know, this one's not that gory," and I'm like, "It's not the gore that gets me." <laughs> like, there there's a movie I. I would be shocked if this movie was on any of y'all's lists. It's not on mine. I'm just bring. I'm just using it as an example. There's a movie called Martyrs that the description of it me up for months, and I, just, I was really I didn't drop a single f bomb during that Star Trek show tonight. <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to be a well made movie. It doesn't have to be the the effects. It doesn't matter how how good or bad the effects are. It's the concepts that get in my head and mess with me. Um, and Movies that could happen, like slasher movies, torture porn, all of that stuff, where it's could, you know, could be real people doing stuff to real people. I, that's the, that's, that's where I, that's the line I cannot cross. And so I will never watch a Saw movie. I don't care how bad the plot is. I don't care how good the story is. That is a, that is a movie I cannot watch and expect to be able to sleep without massive amounts of drugs for the rest of my life. I'm already there. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I'm glad you said let the right one in because that was on my list too. Um, in the same vein, ha ha ha, <laughs> is a wonderful movie starring Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. I know it's one of those. Called <laughs> Only Lovers Left Alive. I love it. It is a beautiful movie. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the premise is you've got these two vampires who have been alive for so long that they're just sick of it. And it, it, it's a, it's a study on how they both cope with the utter boredom of immortality. And mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. just the bare bones of this wonderful movie. And I, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to go into any more details about it, but, uh, you know, Tilda Swinton is incredible anyway. Uh, in anything she does. And this is absolutely no exception. And I, you know, I have a huge man crush on Tom Hiddleston. So, you know, he was doing, this was like at the peak of his, of his popularity. And so I saw everything he put out for, <laughs> um, and he's amazing in this too. And isn't he at the peak of his popularity now? Not really. <laughs> now he's, he's kind of faded he's, back to just being, he's kind of, oh, no, cause Loki is out. So he, I know yeah. he just, he just did a, a whole, Disney but, but, series where he was the star. Yeah, but the thing is, he's only doing Loki now. There was this, there were yeah. these couple of years where he was doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Now, I mean, he's still popular, but now he's he's just kind of back to being Loki and not doing a whole lot of anything else. That's you know that. I'm not saying his career is tanked or anything, but um, 
Yeah, he he's he's still popular and he's still doing good work as Loki, but he is not setting the internet on fire every time yeah. he yawns. Good point. Like he was <laughs> doing dances, a couple of years which, ago. He that made me feel like climbing the rope in in uh, gym class. <laughs> <laughs> like climbing the rope in gym class. I, I would I would hop the fence for him in a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Yeah, John. That movie is relatively recent. Uh, yeah, it's, it came out not too long. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was uh, what 2018. Only lovers left when alive. It came out. I yeah. I yeah. Didn't look at it. it's 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 okay. It's recent. You, you have to like. I every time I talk about how some something that happened in the past, I have to remember to add a year for the year that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it was 17 or 18, something like that. 2013. Mm-hmm. That long ago. Oh, wow. Gosh, okay. Wow. Okay. Which, which is funny because the, the recent, you know, what we do in the shadows TV show, the first season, they had a scene where they had actors who had been vampires and other things show up for this one scene and Tilda Swinton was one of them and she was playing her character. I was, I was so bummed about the, the, what we do. And I guess, you know, what we do in the shadows is on my list, but I guess we, you know, I, I, I wanted to love the series. I really did. And it Mm -hmm. just didn't, maybe it's just cause it's on Hulu and I, and and I have to deal with the commercials. Well, you don't have to deal with the commercials. Well, we have it bundled with Disney and it's, it's a whole hassle. Yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. What, John? What are you damning me for? <laughs> because you were talking about you're, climbing you're the rope, oh, oh, climbing oh, the rope okay. in gym class. <laughs> you're a bit about jumping the fence. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I loved what what we do in the shadows. The movie it was it's brilliant. <laughs> <Hiddle bone. laughs> um, watch watch the night the night manager night manager the night manager. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> All right. The, the, the first one on my list is, um, American Psycho from 2000. Was that that far? Wow. Yeah. That was that long ago. 2000. Holy cow. Yeah. That was more of a thriller, but I, yeah. Okay. What if Norman Bates was not a reclusive hotel owner in the middle of nowhere? What if he was a yuppie on Wall Street in the eighties? This movie mm-hmm. had Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman. And it was not, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't really a horror film made for horror lovers. It was more of a satire on the excess of the Reagan era. You know, you've got a a guy that can have any woman. He has any amount of money. He can have any drug with the snap of a finger. And what do you do to get some excitement? Well, Patrick Bateman starts killing people. (laughs) And this movie is so psychological that at the end of it, you don't really know for sure if it's really happening or if it's all in his mind mm-hmm. or if it, if the kills really did happen, but he sees himself differently uh, than reality. Like there's a, there's a scene where he shoots a car with a pistol and the car explodes in a huge fireball. Well, cars don't do that when you shoot them with a gun, you know? So it's it's like is this stuff actually happening the way that we're seeing it or is this just what he sees you know Mm -hmm. uh but there is like this absurd nature to it like there's a scene where he's laying down plastic and preparing to kill somebody while they're just sitting there and sipping champagne oblivious jared leto (laughs) yeah to, to to what's about to happen and then you know you got the quotable lines like hey 
do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but it's got it's got good performances. It was the first movie that I remember seeing Christian Bale in, and really? wow. the next movie that I saw him in was Shaft. So it was a big departure. There's <laughs> a big difference there, and then. Uh, and of course, it was way before he was. Some of y'all didn't watch Newsies. In oh yeah, right? I, saw, I saw Newsies. We, wa- we watched that repeatedly in school. You didn't watch Empire of the Sun? Come on, man! I did sleep on that. <laughs> that was my. Fault. I watched this afternoon. I actually watched a movie because I, I was watching it because now playing is going to do a retrospective on it this week, and I wanted to watch it for that. But they were they were reviewing uh, American Psycho Two, All American Girl. Uh. That was was horrible. And the the problem was that it was written and 95% shot to be its own movie and not have anything to do with American Psycho. And then some executive decided, hey, we can add a scene at the beginning and throw a couple lines in here and we can make this like a sequel to this other movie. You know, that American Psycho, whatever. And mm-hmm. so it's got Mila Kunis in it and uh, William Shatner, and um, it was it was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was the Cloverleaf Paradox, is what you yeah, Cloverleaf. pretty much. Cloverleaf, Clo- Clo- Cloverfield, what? Cloverfield. Yeah. <laughs> did, yes. Did I say leaf? Yeah. I am more tired than I thought. <laughs> I, I was I was going to mention that too. You beat me to it. <laughs> Just like that that terrible science that terrible science fiction movie that they tacked Cloverfield onto. Uh, yeah, that was that was Cloverfield Paradox. Now, I didn't put it on my list, yeah. but Ten Cloverfield Lane is a good movie. Yeah, it is I a agree. really good movie, and it mm-hmm. doesn't really tie into Cloverfield until the last ten minutes of it or whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, and it's it's a good suspense thriller. I mean, it would it would work in this list. So, all right, uh, Jim, what's next on your list? Technically, this movie came out in '99. In Japan, but it came out in America in 2000. So that does that count? I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. All right. And this one is a doozy. It's called Audition. Oh, I've heard of it. Um, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. You want to talk? This was way before torture porn. I know Boz hates that term. Uh, was a thing. But this is a movie. Essentially, okay. The, the general plot is... A, a a widower is looking for a new bride and this is Japan okay so he does these auditions making these w- young women think it's for a acting role but it's actually to become his new fiance and this one girl he picks he's like she's the perfect girl and she's awesome and she's beautiful and everything else and it turns out she's a fucking psychopath <laughs> Uh, she does all this torture stuff to him, and there's these, there's this one scene in particular that does make me cringe to this day because body horror is not really my thing. I only I watched it on a dare. Let's put it that way. Where there's a scene where she's putting acupuncture needles on this guy, and he's got so many in him that he can't move. And there's a scene where she takes one of them and puts it in his eyeball. And she's going, it's, it's a messed up film. Um, and there's another scene that I can't talk about because it would spoil, but uh, it's pretty disturbing uh, where it involves one of her ex-boyfriends to this day. I would say it's not, I mean, it's, it's pretty messed up, but 
is probably one of the best Japanese horror films outside of Ringu that I've watched. So there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. John, I mean, I, I skipped you. Uh, you had, you had some that you wanted to hold on. He's just going to list titles. Oh, he's okay. going to list some titles and he wants us to name them. Okay. <laughs> Type faster. Type faster. <laughs> okay. Captain in the, in the Woods. Woods. That was on my list. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Never saw it. I, you're just going to do one at a time. Okay. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I love this movie. I love it. It was on my list too. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a movie that makes fun of other horror films <laughs> in a way. Um, it's very smart. Very meta. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like that, uh, that Bill and Dale fight evil or whatever that, that one was like. Tale, tuck and, I, tuck I started watching it yeah, and yeah, realized that it was, you know, it's a satire of, other horror movies and since that's not something i watch i wasn't getting most of it so i, I... well this is they go to the point that they actually get all these teenagers to go out to this cabin like in like evil dead or whatever and and hijinks ensue and they purposely make them horny and <laughs> <laughs> they do the tropes in the in the movie as a thing because there's a meta plot involved that be, they're doing it for a reason. I, I know what the way. reason is. I've, I've I've had the ending spoiled. Um, oh, it's it's full of Easter eggs. It's a lot of fun to go back and watch it a couple times to see all the things that you missed. Um, the the ways in which they reference uh, uh, do a nod, hang a lantern on, and then plow straight mm-hmm. through so many of these tropes that you see in so many horror films. Uh, it I. I found it to be very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yet another good piece of work that I have to push through my uh, current feelings about Joss Whedon in order to. Yeah. Enjoy I mean, yeah. But it's made a bit easier by the uh, inclusion and presence of, uh, of youngster Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. This was before he got really, really. A pre Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth is fun to watch. Yeah. And John said it's one of the reasons that people love Whedon before they found out why they should hate Whedon. <laughs> yeah, frequently. Yeah. Okay. Uh Virginia, do you have you have another one? Um, well I was thinking I'm sitting here trying to think of horror movies I've seen in the last twenty years and I think I remember watching them, but I don't remember what they're about for like the sake of my own sanity and being able to sleep at night. <laughs> Yeah. So like two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week when I talked to you, I had just seen The Conjuring. Really great movie. Couldn't tell you how it ended. Just like, I'm going to block <laughs> that from my mind because I'm staying at home by myself. Um, don't need to be thinking about that. So The Conjuring was really great. I couldn't tell you how it ended though. But I remember it was a family of seven people being terrorized by like some paranormal something. So income, the 70s paranormal investigators to try to figure it out and then they get haunted to spoiler alert <laughs> yeah it, the, the, the conjuring movies are really good as long as you don't read the actual history of frank and lorraine warren yeah they're uh, assholes because <laughs> yeah and they're um the the stuff that happens in those movies did not happen the way that they uh that they actually happen they uh i think in that movie in the first one there's a whole deal where the mom tries to kill her children or something like that that never happened <laughs> they just put that in there to uh yeah 
And plus, the, the real Annabelle did not look any... The real Annabelle was a Raggedy Ann doll. It was not a porcelain doll with scars and scratches all over it and all that kind of stuff. See, I didn't realize this was hmm. based on a true story or, or whatever. Like, yeah. Well, Frank and Lorraine Warren were real people. Oh. I think Lorraine Warren, I think she's still alive. No, she's, no, uh, they're, and they're both gone now. They're both gone. Okay. Well, they, I mean, they went around, they worked with the church going around and doing like, uh, exorcisms and stuff like that. And, um, they were, I mean, they were shysters. They were just, <laughs> you know, they were, they were just making money off of people, but, uh, doing it all to sell books and stuff like that. If, but, if you ever listen, if you listen to the skeptics guide to the universe, they, uh, they had some dealings with them and went to see, uh, Frank, Frank outlived Lorraine and they had a, he had a, a museum of the paranormal, uh, and it was all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime they tried to get him to to let them, you know, test something or whatever, like no, 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 you can't, you know. Or, the paranormal is bullshit. How dare you? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, what you got next? Uh, next up is what I would assume is a bit of a lesser known film. Uh, probably not as many people are going to remember this, but it was a. Uh, a pretty good, especially for 2007, a pretty good uh, comic book to screen adaptation. Uh, and it was nice to see them do something besides uh, superheroes for for that. Uh, and that would be the 2007 film 30 Days of Night. Oh, yeah. With uh, Josh Hartnett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I always thought was a super, super um, uh, inventive uh, plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, is it anyone not familiar it's with the vampires plot? up in the ar- above the Arctic Circle where they they don't have to go to bed at night because <laughs> yes. the sun doesn't come up? Thirty days, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, taking place in Barrow, Alaska, where night lasts for for thirty days, and vampires say, "You know what? If we go to this place, and we have all month long where we can just go buck wild, and they do." Blood everywhere. Until you run out of people um, and then I mean, you kind of, you've lost your food supply at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when, when you run out of people, then, you know, they've got full bellies and, and they had a, a nice party, a nice little, um, uh, bloody rum springer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, back to whatever vampire holes, uh, they go. Yeah. And these were not seductive vampires. These were ravenous looking vampires in this film Mo- monster vampires with mouths full of needle teeth mm-hmm. and no english language just a sh- yeah they did hissing a lot and it was weird um, <laughs> yeah i haven't been able i mean i uh, love vampire movies this has been evidenced by the majority of my my movie picks but that one has me hesitant i haven't haven't uh seem, seems to be more almost more werewolfish vampires than Mm, kind of kind i mean of. they don't transform yeah I, I you know i get that but it seems much more mm. vulgar <laughs> than the vampire films i tend to gravitate towards mm. <laughs> uh, well, i don't know about vulgar i mean i mean, violent sure mm-hmm. uh more, more visceral yeah uh more violent a bit bloodier yeah um there like i said the, the vampires are, are more uh, monstrous, uh, more beastly vampires, uh, monsters yeah. in human form. Yeah, John said they're not, so not romantic. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. not not very romantic vampires. It's uh, more 
less Anne Rice, more Bram Stoker. No, well, not even yeah, that. No, <laughs> I was I was gonna say uh, less Tom Cruise and more, but I couldn't <laughs> find another Tom that was uh, 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 less Tom Cruise, more Tom Bundy. Uh, that that's not a real person. Um, yes, less cerebral, more visceral. There you Thank go. You, there John. you go. That that spells it out pretty well. Um, I still I feel bad about this. I still have not watched the sequel. I read the sequel but I haven't watched the sequel. So one of these days we'll, we'll see how, how that one goes. But, Mm -hmm. but the first movie, it was, it was a good watch. That was certainly not a waste of time. Uh, And I would recommend people give it a go because 30 days of vampires running wild. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) That's constantly what I was thinking when I read the comic and when I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. All right, Rick, what's next one on your list? All right. Uh, you remember when we did uh, uh, movies or, or actors who will get you to watch a movie? And I said, I don't have any. Um, yeah. Except Tom Hiddleston, apparently. Apparently. I have, yeah. I have, apparently, I have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there, this is another one that, at least for a while, but, but I, anyway, um, uh, Karen Gillan oh, was her. in a movie. And, and yeah, I adore her. Um, uh, She's like the only she's she's one of two celebrities I follow on on Instagram, her and Jerry Ryan. Um, and she was in a horror film. And I, I didn't write down any of these dates. I should have uh, called Oculus, which oh, yeah. is wonderful. And uh, uh, Katie oh, Sackhoff's yeah. in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, the, the premise is the the father of this family buys basically a haunted mirror and brings it into the house and everybody's life goes to hell. Kind of literally. And I, you know, I don't want to, I can't really go into too much more detail because it's really a mind bleep of a movie. It, it twists reality. Uh, There's some really gruesome scenes in it. Uh, but Karen Gillan is wonderful. Katie Sackhoff is amazing because she's, she's the, she's the mother who's chained in the bedroom mm-hmm. because the, the, the main thing that this haunted mirror does is drive the father insane. But one of the things, it, this was like one of her, one of Sackhoff's first big things after Battlestar Galactica. And while Starbuck wasn't exactly, you know, a sex symbol or anything, you know, Katie Sackhoff is not an unattractive lady by any stretch, but she plays ugly in this movie. And, and oh, yeah. it's, it, you just like, so it's, it's like when Charlize Theron, who, you know, is like, you know, you know, cover girl, gorgeous does a role where she's just, you know, just gets all beat up and broken nose and stuff. And it's just like, wow. Cause you know, a lot of times Hollywood people don't want to be ugly on screen, but Sackoff has no fear. She's amazing. Uh, and uh, it's, it's an amazing movie and it's creepy. It's atmospheric. And uh, you may or may not see the ending coming. I don't know. I, you know, my experience with movies like this is so small, is so limited that I didn't see the end coming. You might, your mileage might vary, but I really loved Oculus a lot. 
Yeah. And there's actually a Bollywood remake of it called Dobayara. And uh, it came out a couple years after the original. And it's actually the script is by the guy. I can't imagine Oculus. song numbers. He was a consultant. <laughs> no, there was not. No, their horror movie. A lot of their horror movies do not have song oh, okay. dance numbers. In. So this was all not quite a shot to shot remake of Oculus. But I enjoy I like both. Um, it, it's called Dobayara. And uh, essentially, it's obviously with Bollywood actors in Hindi. And it's it, if you can, again, subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's since they got the screenwriter from Oculus to help with the remake, it, it's pretty close. And it's, it's definitely worth a watch. <laughs> they filmed it here in Alabama. They did? Yeah. Oculus oh, wow. or the Bollywood yeah. version? Uh, no, <laughs> not the Bollywood version. Uh, no, Oculus. Yeah. Um, okay. The next one on my list is Midsummer uh, or Midsummer. Oh, yeah. It's really rare that I'll watch a horror movie that sticks with me because I'm usually the guy that can look past a movie and see the corn syrup, you know. Uh, but Midsummer really gave me a gut punch in the first 30 minutes. And, and then several shots to the groin after that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's so strange because the movie is, is beautiful. Uh, it takes place in like the Swedish countryside, uh, this, this, this village way out that I won't even try to pronounce the name of the village, but, uh, it's a Swedish village and the, the, the landscapes, they really know how to shoot landscapes. And it's really weird to see a horror movie like this take place like in bright sunlight, you know? But um, the, the plot is that there's these college students that they're, they're going with one of their friends that's from this Swedish village. They go home with him to witness the Midsummer Festival. And one of them's going to write a paper about it and all this kind of stuff. And, and, it's, and then things take a horrible turn once they get there. <laughs> but I won't lie. It is deeply unsettling. And it's a very long movie, too. It's, it's like two and a half hours, which is unheard of for a horror movie really um the death scenes are very realistic but the story is so interesting that you find yourself intrigued by it so uh i i like the movie i probably won't ever watch it again uh, the one time is enough uh but yeah it's i i recommend it it's it's, it's a good movie it's just it's gonna stick with you when you watch it so everybody i know okay. that likes horror has raved about this movie. So I, I looked it up on Wikipedia and I will never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I don't, yeah. I don't suggest you watch it, <laughs> but, but it is, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautifully shot movie. Uh, the, all of the performances are great. The writing's great and everything. It's just when somebody dies, they make sure you know it and you see it. And it's pretty realistic. There's some of those shots. I don't know how they did them. Because it looked like they couldn't shoot him without killing somebody. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> all right, uh, John, what's the next one on your list? You want us to talk about? Get out. Oh, that was my next one. Darn it! Yeah. Okay, he says it's, a, it's another one that knows that the audience and the characters are aware of horror movies, and the writing reflects that slight horror genre veneer to tell how slavery was in fact a real life horror movie that nice normal people committed on millions of people for hundreds of years, perfectly written, acted and directed. Yeah. Get out. It's a great movie. 
I, mm-hmm. I really liked mm-hmm. it. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of symbolism in that movie because you just, I mean, the white people are doing bad things to the black people. That's what the, that's what the movie is about, you know? And, uh, and yeah. And who would have thought Jordan Peele could pull off? I mean, he had been known mainly as a comedy actor at this point. And then he did this and everyone was like, Whoa, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he blew, blew everyone away with, with his surprise turn as, you know, incredible funny man mm-hmm. turned really outstanding tight director of a of a i don't know if you can really call it a horror film but uh but of a, of a character driven thriller that is exactly the right amount of uncomfortable and uh and disturbing yeah yeah sink into the floor i, 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 have, <laughs> I have not been able to work up the courage to watch it um it's not bad. It's not bad. I don't as think as far as like I, body horror or anything. Well, for, first, I, I want to ask Rick, uh, what is it? Uh, just based on like the trailers, it, uh, it's not or the trailers. What you know of it? What I don't know anything about it. I have purposely avoided anything about the story in case I do finally get her, get get up to watch it. But everybody I know that loves yeah, horror yeah, films yeah. has said this is a great horror film, which mm-hmm. usually indicates I'm not going to be able to make it through the movie without severe uh emotional <laughs> distress no I don't, wow. I don't think i don't think you'll i don't think you have a problem with this one because it's not i mean it's not scary and there there's not any concepts in it that are just so so twisted that it's going to leave you it, it's going to leave you thinking mm. i mean there there are i mean it's going to leave, leave you thinking because of the symbolism that's there uh but it's more thinking about racism and stuff like that mm-hmm. than it is thinking mm-hmm. about god that was really twisted you know um but uh john is hitting the nail on the head with his comments here um uh, especially with you can watch it i john knows how to cut right to the core of it john i think john has a good handle on on what works and doesn't work for you yeah he does mm-hmm. and i and i agree with him 100 percent I do not think you're going to regret watching. No, this you'll, you'll enjoy it. Now, <laughs> his follow-up film, Us, I don't think you should watch that one. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that one. Yeah. Uh, I liked it, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Jen, what, what's your next one? Okay. I don't normally like zombie films. Uh, similar to with Rick, it's like anything that, that's any type of realistic body whatever, I... And zombies are in that category. Uh, but there are a handful of zombie films that I do enjoy, mostly the comedy ones. This one is not, though. Uh, 28 Days Later. It was came out in 2002. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which this is one of those, since we're talking about a pandemic, uh, it's a virus. It's, it's This is zombieism transmitted through a virus. It doesn't count. Right. It doesn't count as a zombie movie. It's a rage virus. (laughs) Well, they say it's technically a zombie film, but yeah, that's how the doctor describes it right at the beginning. They they ask, well, what are they infected with? Just a slow turn to the camera. Rage. (laughs) Rage. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, yeah. Uh, They had to, I mean, this was, that, this was actually the very first film I ever saw Killian Murphy in. Uh, and it's, it's, I mean, the, the for very first scene, he wakes up and like London is completely gone. Like everybody's 
he's just walking around London like nobody's there. It's creepy as hell. But then you start seeing the actual infected, uh, <laughs> and they're they're essentially fast. Because since you can't say zombie, they're fast infected, um, and it, it's. It's pretty out there, is and I enjoy it. It's um, because it's a different type of zombie movie, and it's not, you know, their limbs fall off and blah 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 blah. It's just fast, scary, fast people coming at you. <laughs> yeah, that and that's just that, that's the way they make zombie movies now. I mean, other than The Walking Dead, most of the movies that come out that are zombie movies, it's going to be those fast running zombies. They even even the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it's because of this and the remake of Dawn of the Dead that they're fast zombies. No, I don't think. I don't. Yeah. Um, the, like I watched the remake of the of Dawn of the Dead because um, I I had seen the original back in 1982, 83. Uh, scared the pants off me. Um, <laughs> that's not a good movie. It's not. I mean, th- that that'll tell you right there. Yeah. The the effects in the original Dawn of the Dead are terrible. You know, because they had like twenty bucks for a budget. Um, but I have found. As much of a wuss as I am when it comes to this stuff, fast zombies aren't scary. They're just angry people. Nah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, you know, yeah. The, yeah. The, the slow movie moving, uh, you know, rotting zombie, one isn't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one isn't a problem. Four isn't a problem. But when you've got 45 of them, cornering you and you know and they're all you know lumbering towards you slowly and body parts are that's scary to me the Mm -hmm. the fast zombie thing to me isn't scary it's it's i mean i certainly wouldn't want to be there but it's it's you know it might as well just be an angry mob it doesn't it's not particularly uh, special or whatever yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about the fast zombies either. But I mean, 28 Days Later was a good movie because I, the the yeah the one scene where the guy uh, looks up and the drop of blood falls into his eye and he immediately yeah that was turns into a uh, yeah yeah <laughs> um that was Domal Gleason I think who uh, that happened to no, yeah Brendan Brendan Fre- oh Domal's the son okay yeah, Brendan Gleason thank you all right Scott what's your name? from 2016 uh, written by it was at least written or Written or at least co-written by uh, Guardians of the Galaxy writer-director James Gunn. This would be the Belko Experiment. Oh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, wow. I've never okay. heard of this one. No one's heard of the Belko Experiment. Um, all right. Bring it up so I can give you some, some names here. Uh, uh, directed by Greg McLean. Um, my app is going slow, so it's not giving me the stars. Um, I know that... Uh, um, is it Ted McGinley? Guy from Scrubs. Dude from Scrubs. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Mongo. Uh, uh, it's not Ted McGinley. Ted, Ted, Ted McGinley yeah, is from right. Happy Days. That's right. Uh, uh, John C. McGinley. Yeah. Um, Tony Goldwyn mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Ghost. Uh, and John Gallagher. And he's He's not in as much as I would expect someone of his talent. John Gallagher is really good. Um, anyone who watched the newsroom, he played uh, Jim. Uh, did, did a great job on that show. Uh, this this film, The Belko Experiment, it takes place, I can't remember what country it takes place in, but it's 
uh, an office building for an American company that is operating this facility. I think I think it's in South America. And Columbia. for reasons yeah. we Bogota, Colombia, yeah. Um, Bogota, and, <laughs> yeah. Bogota. We're gonna do a biopic in Bogota. <laughs> located in in uh, in Colombia. Um, John says, "Is that the Midnight Mass guy?" And I do not know because I haven't seen Midnight Mass. Um, but everyone in this office building, they're going about their their workaday lives with their. Uh, uh, interpersonal uh, relationships, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, metal shutters come down on all the windows in the building, and all the doors lock, and everyone is trapped inside. And then they begin receiving instructions over the PA system. There are this many people in the building. In 30 minutes, that number must be decreased to this many. And if that doesn't happen, we will kill this many. And then just let it go. So now you have people who just you know want to try to get around this deadly game and escape, and others who are like, "Well, they they got us over a barrel. We just got to start killing folk to to follow these rules." Is there a motivation um, for this? You'll you'll find out by the end. It's a mystery. I mean, to, it's to an the experiment. To the characters. Okay. It's the Belko experiment. The, that title does kind of. The title does kind of lean into yeah, that a little right, bit yeah. with, with being the experiment, but it it's the kind of film where you know, there's a lot of it's over the top violence, almost to the point of being comedic. So you know, imagine James Gunn, but not having to be family friendly uh, in a in a Marvel studio sense. What's the next one on your list, there, Rick? I, I want to give a quick shout out, just just a just. Uh, because if Boz listens to this, we've already brought Boz up once. One of the best movies. <laughs> All right. It's a zombie movie, which, you know, like Jen said earlier, you know, I don't like zombie movies. I am so done with the zombie genre, but there is a hilarious horror comedy zombie rock and roll movie called Deathgasm. Yes. I love this movie. Freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. De- okay. Oh, and yeah. Deathgasm has to all, it's all in caps. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's about this death metal band that are, you know, they're, they're like a garage death metal band. Uh, and like the, 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 you know, the, the, the lead singer, you've, you've, you have seen memes from this movie and don't know it. There, there's, there's mm-hmm. a meme where there's this dude in full death metal makeup and studs and black leather and the white face and the upside down crosses and stuff sitting next what? to a prim and proper, I not hear you know, this almost uh, uh, Olivia Newton, John and Grace looking girl. And they're eating ice cream on a park bench. That's what that move that's from Deathgasm. Um, and it's this, it's this little town in, you know, somewhere. And, uh, and I, oh, it's been, I, I, I can't remember the exact details of how it starts, but D, you know, a, a demonic force gets released in the town and starts creating zombies. And it's, it's, it's really gross in some points, but it's like hilarious gross. Like, you know, one dude like absolutely just kills a zombie with a giant dildo. I mean, it's that yeah, level it's of great. humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's, 
you know, it it's kind of like the 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 spiritual successor to movies like uh, uh, An American Werewolf in London, where the concepts are funny, but the effects are gross as hell and very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's hilarious. It's disturbing. And I, I cannot, you know, if you are a fan of horror, especially if you're a fan of zombie horror and just, you know, over the top bloody horror uh deathgasm is a must watch and bobs would never forgive me if i did a if i was on a a a horror movie retrospective and i didn't mention deathgasm because he's it's his favorite movie and uh and he's the one that got me to watch it and if you know getting me to watch a horror movie is not always easy and getting me to watch a zombie movie is even harder and i love this movie it's fantastic Mm mm-hmm it's great, yeah. <laughs> I have to check it out. I've never heard of it, but I, no, it's great, and I yeah. like zombie movies. So, all right, the next yeah, one on my list: just, just no kids, no kids can be around at all. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> I watch stuff like that by myself because my wife hates it anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sherry will not like this movie at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one on my list is Freaky from 2020, mm. and um, it, this will lighten things up a bit because I'm turning to a Bloomhouse film. And uh, Bloomhouse, you know, I like most of their movies and some of them are serious and some of them are more comical. But uh, this is one of their com- their comedy takes, I guess. It's, it's one of those horror comedy hybrids that's becoming more and more popular over the last several years. So Vince Vaughn plays this Jason-esque serial killer. And the movie pretty much starts out with he's it's like a standard take on a slasher it's got all the tropes and whatnot he even wears a hockey mask you know it doesn't look exactly like the jason mask but it's a hockey mask and um you know he he he's killing teenagers and stuff and uh he's at this house and they have a dagger that's like in a glass case like it's a collector's item well he grabs that dagger the next person that he kills with it it's like this ancient artifact and it causes him to swap <laughs> bodies with this teenage girl. So the rest of the movie, you've got Vince Vaughn pretending to be a teenage girl. And he's running from a serial killer that is a teenage girl, you know, and she's, uh, but she's like a mindless killing zombie man, you know. So it's really funny while at the same time, it's got some suspense and dark overtones and stuff. I think it, I think it's a really good choice for Halloween. If you want something that's a little lighter and, and it's funny, um, go with that. It's along the same lines of, uh, Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day, mm-hmm. they've been saying is possibly in the same universe as this film, and we may have a crossover at some point between those two movies. But, um, yeah, Did I recommend John's comment. Yeah, yeah. John just mentioned it. <laughs> Haven't gotten to it yet. No. Uh, yeah, Happy Death Day. I, I really enjoyed Happy Death Day. Um, like I said, it's one of those movies that's it's a it's a comedy horror hybrid. You know, it's it's really funny, but it's also got those horror elements. And the second one is a little more. It's got a little bit of sci fi mixed in with it. Mm. Uh, people want to call out. They want to say, "Oh, they're just doing Groundhog Day." Do you know how many repeating timeline movies there are besides Groundhog Day? That's not the only one. And, uh, and they even call out happy death day. They even call out groundhog day. <laughs> they say, I said, it's like groundhog day. And she's like, what's groundhog day? I've never seen that. 
know? Uh, wow. But yeah, it's, uh, I've never seen it either. So <gasps> no, wow. uh, you never seen Groundhog Day. Really? Nope. It, and it's well, not, it's not a, a horror movie. You've heard of the concept though, right? It's just, uh, I just never have. It, it does. Well, you've heard of the concept. Oh well, right? yeah. I know right. what it's about. And it just, it just doesn't, it, it, I don't, it's not like, Oh my God, I'll never watch it. It's just, it doesn't interest me enough to go out of my way to watch it. It's a yeah. cute film. Yeah. <laughs> I think it has enough going for it. And this is coming from someone who I know this might be a, a little bit of sacrilege. Never been the biggest Bill Murray fan. Me either. I mean, he, he, he does well, but I just am never compelled to go and see the stuff that he's in. He just happens to be in a couple of movies that I really enjoy. For example, Groundhog Day. It's mm-hmm. very good. Ghostbusters. I love it. And I, I love his work in it. Um, but and Scrooge, I like I've, him. As Scrooge. I've never seen him do something uh, I didn't fair, like. Fair. But I also know, you know, he, he's he's one of those people that it's like you hear tons of stories about that him just like run. wandering into somebody's life and doing something really cool, and then you find out, then you, you there's another story about him being an absolute dick to somebody. It's like you know, he he's a person. He's he's but I generally like his yeah. comedy. You know, it's not like Dan Aykroyd who. You know, some of the stuff Dan Aykroyd does or did was just like, what the? Uh-huh. I, although I did enjoy Nothing But Trouble, which I'm like one of five people that did. <laughs> you can you you can probably you can probably find two people out there, and one of them will tell you I'm a really nice guy, and another one will tell you that I'm a dick too. So, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John, was that wow because of Nothing But Trouble? But, no, John's a- probably. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll tell you about okay. one last round okay all right let's go let's go around one more time uh oh john what's your last one all right jane go ahead okay this is a film that most people probably have not heard of um it came out in 2015 it was uh it came out i believe after because uh, it has anton yelchin in it and i think it came out after his passing uh, it was the last film he was in um, it's called Green Room. I don't know if any of you have heard. Oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. okay, okay. You guys have heard of it. No, it, it's he basically. Man, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard of yeah. it. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Wait, oh yeah, Patrick Stewart and it's yes, Anton Yelchin in the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> I did not hear of this movie. Okay, it's basically Anton Yelchin is part of a. Oh wait, yes, they get stuck they... in the green room, and oh yes, I did hear about that. I just I never got around. I never got to see it. Yes, okay. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, oh, it's going to make you squirm. <laughs> it, it, yeah, because it basically is, our perspective of it is from the green room. And then basically stuff that comes into the green room and them reacting to it. That's essentially, it's one of those, you could do it as a one act play type of scenarios. But you never see what's outside the green room once they're in there. And that's the where the suspense comes in. And it's technically a thriller. I wouldn't say it's really a horror film per se. It's more of a, oh, crap, crap stuff is coming into the room and they have to fight it. Yeah, uh, it, it gets pretty graphic in, in some parts. Yeah, um, there, there are some horrific elements. Uh, they they make some, uh, let's say, effective and creative use of shotguns in this movie. Yep. Um, yeah, no, no spoiler. I, I had and, totally forgotten yeah. about this movie. I do want to see it. And I forgot about yeah, it. And, and Patrick Stewart is one of the villains. He plays one of the bad guys. It's yeah. a really weird it's, turn for him. It's it's, it's 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 not really kept a secret. No, that's not a spoiler. It, it's uh, 
it's pretty clear from from Jump Street mm-hmm. that uh, well, it, essentially, you know who your main characters are at the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie, and it's made pretty clear from that point if it, if it's not a main character, it's a bad. Yeah, guy. and he plays a real <laughs> asshole in this. It's very not it you know like like an R rated airhead. No, no, okay. uh, no. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't describe it that way. No. If you have um, Showtime, it, it's on Showtime now. So it is okay. Yeah. Probably for October, but it's it was very low budget considering they filmed it mainly in one area. Uh, but yeah, this was I I want to say it was one of if not the last film that Anton Yelchin made mm-hmm. um, before he died, and it's totally worth a watch. It's if you get there are some elements that Ricky may not be into. <laughs> it, 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 we'll, we'll- Say it's going to get intense, yeah, uh, and at times quite claustrophobic, but but well worth it. Everyone who's in it gives one hundred and ten. But it is a good film. It's a very good film for the fact that it's very suspenseful because you don't know. I mean, yeah, like Scott said, you know who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, but beyond that, it's whoever comes in next is the suspense. <laughs> So that's that's my last pick. The last film that Anton Yelchin was in was We Don't Belong Here. Okay. Okay. Which I never But I know Green of. Room came out after his <laughs> passing. I remember that specifically. Scott, what's your uh last one? Um last one is and I think this is a film that I have probably discussed on this show before, um, but just in a uh what have you been watching lately context. Um but we can bring it up again because it definitely fits in, into the horror genre. Um, uh, written and directed by um, uh, Panos Cosmatos or Panos Cosmatos. I don't know how you pronounce his name, uh, but starring Nicolas Cage um, and Linus Roach uh, released in 2018. This is Mandy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did she came and she gave without taking <laughs> this. That is the exact same joke you said the last time you brought this movie mm, up. I did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good for me. I'm consistent. <laughs> <laughs> or you're um, or predictable, whichever one you want to say. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie is trippy as hell. Well, anything with Nicolas Cage in it oh, lately man. is gonna be trippy as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for the most part, yeah. He's I and I don't even like saying that he's careless with what he chooses to do. I don't think that Nicolas Cage is taking you know, anything that comes his way. He's just choosing. To, <laughs> I, I think he has. De- I think he's developed the uh, uh, the the reputation yep. of people being able to approach him with pretty much you know any wild idea they have. So, hey, it this is a horror movie. It's going to sound like. Um, uh, five Nights at Freddy's, but it's not Five Nights at Freddy's. It just kind of sounds like it. Imagine a deadly, gory romp through a haunted Chuck E. Cheese. What do you say? And Nicolas Cage is like, that sounds cool. I want to do it. So he'll do it. He'll do what he wants to do, and he's pushing himself to try new and interesting things. Uh, he's not just desperate for whatever work That's comes along. Not what I've heard, um, but- this is an example of him this is an example of him, you know, stepping outside of the norm and trying to do something that's, that's offbeat. Wait, and what? <laughs> it is, 
wild and crazy. It 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 looks it looks like a time warp back to a uh, to a psychedelic nineteen seventies uh, horror film, uh, but with uh, some some modern movie making sensibility thrown in there. Um, I the movie's going to spin you around, turn you upside down, uh, and you'll end up kind of laughing and being slack jawed all at the same time. This movie is right. And I saw a trailer recently for another. Oh, um, I want to say it's like a um, based on true events drama about. I think it's might be Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy. No, Elijah Wood. There's a, there is a Ted Bundy movie out right now, but it's got the guy from the High School Musical movies with Zac, Zac Efron because he looks exactly like him, and it's okay. really scary. Yeah. I don't know if Nicolas Cage is in that or not. I don't think he is. No, no, no. But th- this new Elijah Wood movie that that's coming up, where Elijah Wood is a, um, I think he's a reporter, and he's interviewing a a serial a, a real, you know, a, a serial killer that existed in, in our reality, and telling the story about this reporter talking to him and getting the interviews and getting more information out of him. And I can't remember what serial killer it was. Um, but that movie is directed by the same guy who wrote and directed Mandy, and that makes me want to go see it. I'm looking it up right now. It's um, called No Man of I, God. Yeah, yeah, and it is Ted Bundy. Yes, it is Ted one. Bundy. That's, there it is. Okay, there. Nicholas Cage has got a movie out now called Pig that I've seen. I and imagine you, you want you watched it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine I, I have it. I haven't watched it yet. Imagine the movie Taken. Except Liam <laughs> Liam Neeson is a truffle farmer, and instead of his daughter being taken, it's his oh, pig. That's totally yeah. a yeah. <laughs> that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in addition to that, I, so I, that that's my pick, Mandy. Mandy Mandy is crazy. Nicholas Cage's wife gets killed at the beginning of the film, and he decides to go and, and track down the people who did it and and give them what for. Um, so there's going to be a point where he's i think he's been uh you know wrapped up in barbed wire so he's you know tore up a little bit and bleeding and he downs like a half bottle of vodka and you see him just kind of prancing around yeah, the bathroom, about just before, getting absolutely yeah. crazy pouring vodka on the wounds screaming uh, uh he finds a buddy of his who who is holding on to his crossbow and his other various weapons and you see nicholas cage forge an axe like drop forge from scratch a full-size battle axe. <laughs> and he takes that with him to go and track down the bad guys. And at one point, he ends up, like, tasting a highly concentrated, uh, uh, like, LSD beverage. And then you see his mind explode from the psychedelics. And then he continues <laughs> on the rampage. This movie is goddamn bonkers. <laughs> and everyone should watch it. There you go. <laughs> if you have... Uh, if you have never watched the the uh, uh, what's the title of it the 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 life and death of, of Superman lives is that the name uh, of the documentary something like where he was going to play Superman and it was like Tim Burton and um, it was yeah the death, of Superman, the death of Superman lives yeah. it's it's what happened the death right. of Superman lives. yeah okay yes. watch that movie just for 
the conversations between Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage, and you will see just how fucking insane Cage is. <laughs> well, he, he's also the guy that named one of his kids Cal. That's true. Yeah. 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 And if for for people who en- enjoy how crazy Nicolas Cage is getting these days, um, one of his more recent films, which I which I do have, and I did watch just a couple weeks ago, um, and that is. Where did it go? Uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Okay, I've heard of that too. Mm-hmm. Which is an odd uh, post-apocalyptic, uh, it, uh, definitely shades of of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome in this movie. Um, post-apocalyptic, uh, like somewhat pseudo-Mexican mixed with Japanese, mixed with the the Old West type of aesthetic in in the town that they're in. You get Nicolas Cage, who is contracted to go and uh, find a kidnapped girl. And uh, the guy who hires him to do it puts him into a a leather motorcycle suit that has two explosives here at the base of his neck, one explosive on each arm, and one explosive above each testicle on the suit. And if it takes him too long to get the job done, then explosives will go off. Uh, if the suit reads that he is about to, you know, lift his hand to a woman, then one of the uh, explosives in his arm goes off. If he gets sexually aroused, then one of the explosives in testicles goes off. And I will just say that's two, that's six explosives total on the suit. Mm. The movie does not end with six unexploded bombs. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> Nicholas Cage himself describes this as perhaps the wildest project he has ever uh, participated in. Wow. <laughs> this, this movie is Gonzo. <laughs> and, and Rick, Sophia Butella. <gasps> uh, uh, wait. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks for the, thanks for the moral dilemma there. <laughs> See, another, another actor he would watch. See, there you go. I adore her. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm one of three people that enjoyed her in the mummy. Um, she wasn't bad in the mummy. I will admit. No, I don't. That movie was not bad, but it wasn't what everybody wanted it to be, and so it tanked. It was. It was. It was fine. Try. Uh, try out, mm-hmm. Rick. Try out Prisoners of the Ghost Land. I do not consider it a bad movie. It is a. It is an offbeat movie, but it. It's trying a lot of interesting things and and not uh, making a hash of it. Okay. They, they made the movie. They made the movie they wanted to make, and it's unusual, but it's n- that doesn't make it bad. And by the way, uh, speaking of Sophia Batella, you know, a lot of pe- there's a lot of talk since uh, Daniel Craig just released, or they just released the last Daniel Craig Bond movie of wanting a female Bond, and there's already been a female Bond. It was called Atomic Blonde, and Charlize Theron was amazing in it. Yep. And Sophia Batella is in yes. it. And boy, was Sophia Batella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick, what's the last one on your list? Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit. First of all, I want to throw out a couple of just really quick honorable mentions because these movies are so universally good, they don't really need a whole lot of, of defense or anything. Uh, Il Orfanato, watch it in Spanish. Um, Pan's Labyrinth and Shaun of the Dead. Those movies don't need really to be hyped up because if you haven't seen them, you should. And if you have seen them, you know. Um, There are two movies that I watched. Okay. 
there was a podcast called The Little Shop of Horrors that ran for many years and did about eight episodes. <laughs> it, it was it was Boz, who you've heard us mention before. You don't know who Boz is. Boz is one of the It was little, called The Little Pot little of pot Horrors. Of horrors yeah. Isn't that what I said? No, you said Shop. You said The Little, little shop, shop of God Horrors. Damn it. I'm drunk. <laughs> little, little Pot of Horrors. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, the, the hosts are, are Boz, who you've heard us mention and, and Gordon, uh, who they're both very, very, very dear friends of mine. And I've had the pleasure of meeting both of them in person. Um, and they love horror movies. I don't, <laughs> but for some reason I got the idea to pitch, pitch this idea to them, um, and uh the the initial con- the initial <laughs> uh uh um the initial concept was that i'm okay, i'm going to use some not some naughty words here but just bear with me for a second not that i haven't before but uh you know the the initial was uh idea was that i'm such a pussy when it comes to horror movies but then it was pointed out to us very rightfully so that that particular organ is not in any way a a representation of weakness <laughs> because <laughs> that that or that particular organ goes through a lot <laughs> and so we yes. changed it <laughs> so we changed it to we <laughs> changed it to operation shrinky dick <laughs> at the <laughs> at the suggestion of Roe Karen uh, so um and uh, you know yes because our our apparatus is way more delicate and uh anyway um so the idea was that they would give me horror movies to watch being the the uh squeamish person that I am and that I would and then I would come on their show and and we would talk about the movie that I watched and whether I liked it and you know some of the ones I watched were absolutely dreadful they had me watch piranha 3D or they god, wanted me to watch yeah. Piranha 3D and I actually I actually didn't watch that one. Shark Night. Oh god, that movie was terrible. Uh there was a there was a ghost movie. I can't even remember the title of it. That just, it just wasn't scary. It just and but uh they assigned to me what, uh, this this uh, and that's why I've seen like uh, The Descent. The Descent was really good. Um not a movie I'll ever watch again, but it's really good. Um and I think I think they I think Yellow Fernando was was in there. Okay, was this, um, okay, just real quick question: Did you watch it with the original ending or the American ending of the Descent? Uh, I, oh, the Descent, yeah. the original ending. Okay, it did not end happily. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not a happy ending at all. Um, which is why when I heard there was a sequel, I was like, huh? right, because of the American ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it it. I mean, it's there are there are a couple of scenes that uh, th- there's one scene in particular that still haunts me um involving a rock um but anyway but i just i just wanted to throw those out there say that those were but um there's two movies i'm i'm kind of cheating a little bit cuz i'm clumping them together one i watched as a result of of being on the little pot of horrors the other one i watched just because tom hiddleston was in it. <laughs> Um, and both of them are, are similar in the fact that they are incredibly atmospheric and they're really well done, but they just don't quite stick the landing. Uh, and the first one 
that I watched for the show was the uh, Daniel Radcliffe movie, The Woman in Black, mm-hmm. which is an amazing ghost story. But they chickened out at the end and they gave it a kind of happy ending when the play, which it's based on, didn't. Uh, yeah. and, and I, and I, when I, I don't want to spoil it because the ending is not happy at all, but it's a bit of a cop out. And coming from me, who is like, I really need, exactly. you know, something to let me out of this, this grip of fear. And they did. And when they did, I was disappointed because I was like, they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> have any of y'all seen it? I know. I have, I've heard of it quite I a bit, but no. I haven't seen it. No. <laughs> okay. Then I, I, none of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a really okay, good movie. I think movie. John's seen it. It's a it, yeah. really good movie. Um, it's just the ending. They, they pulled back just a little bit. Mm. And I can't say anything more without spoiling. Um, but, uh, uh, anyway. Woman in Black. The other one, Crimson Peak. I was about to say, I was like, is it Crimson Peak? <laughs> it's Crimson Peak. Yeah. And it's it, it's so it it's it's like spending an hour, you know, two hours in a haunted house, but you're never really in fear for anything. You know, it's just it's wonderfully atmospheric, it's beautifully shot. Uh there's there's some you know there's some jump scares and stuff but it's on the one hand i was glad that you know when we went home i didn't have nightmares about it but on the other hand it could have been such a gripping terror story and they just kind of didn't go that you know just that little bit further it was like um when we lived in louisiana uh, there was a movie with uh, that came out called 1408, which was Sam Jackson mm, and yeah. um, um, who's, John um, Cusack. John Cusack, yeah. John Cusack. At, which was funny because our address was 1408, and so we went to yeah, see it's based it. Based on a Stephen King story, yeah. And it's utterly unscary. <laughs> it's completely mm-hmm. limp. Um, you know, it's it's like these movies have these great premises. Premises, <laughs> and then and then they just they just don't have the cojones to 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 go for it at the end. And I don't know if that's studio meddling or directors that just don't have the stones to do it. Uh, and yes, I know I've just made two testicle references. Sorry. Um, well, the stories don't. Sometimes they just don't transfer. They just don't translate to film very well because fourteen fourteen oh eight is a really good short story by Stephen mm-hmm. King. Yeah. But the film, film was just, just it didn't translate. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Crimson Peak it was studio interference because it was it was either written or directed by Guillermo del Toro, uh, and he can do some pretty oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean I, it's gorgeous mm-hmm. it's you know it, it's like spending a night in the Adams family house, but in the morning everybody goes home happy. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's there's a really <laughs> cool fight in the bathroom that's not in the house but it's you know it's it's not a movie you're going to take your kids to but it's uh it's it's a it's just not what it could have been it was like so close Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right the last one on my list i can't do this without mentioning rob zombies halloween from 2007 okay um 
it if it was possible to take a horror franchise like Halloween and make it even darker, Rob Zombie found a way to do it because the, and the movie didn't do well in theaters, but I really like it. I I like the new, more serious take on the whole lore. I really thought that he was, I thought he was going to make it more realistic, which he did up to a point. But when it fi- gets to the final act, they make it clear that this is still a Michael Myers. That's like this unstoppable force. You know, you can shoot him or burn him or whatever, and he's not going to stop coming, you know? So, um, and then the second one was good too. They they started out the the one thing that I don't like is they started out trying to humanize Michael Myers a, a little bit, and then they still turned him into a monster. And um, like, there's a scene in the beginning, the guy that played um, badass. You know, what I'm talking about Scott the um, um, Tortuga on on, on uh, Breaking Bad. Um, oh, oh, oh! In the movie, badass. Yeah, uh, that's Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo. So he plays a guard in the um, in the insane asylum where Michael Myers is. Machete, don't text. And he, yeah, Machete. <laughs> there you go. And then he um, and he's he's telling this new guard, he's like, oh yeah, me and Mikey, we're, we're close. You know, I've, I've I've been taking care of him since he was a little kid. Blah 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 blah. He's the first dude that Michael kills when he breaks out. <laughs> you know, so uh yeah, it's it, it, if you like the first Halloween movie, you might enjoy this update uh because the the later Halloween movies kind of got campy a little bit and I'm I'm not crazy about some of those, but uh Mal- it's got Malcolm McDowell in it. You know, he plays Loomis and so you got that going for you right there. So. That was the Donald Pleasant's character in the originals, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um so yeah, I mean, and I like I like the new Halloween that they're the, that they're doing now, but this was just a much darker take on it. It's straight up horror, you know. It's not it's not the fun campy slasher movie that you got in the eighties or whatever. This was this is the, a more serious right. take on. It. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> slasher movies are supposed to be fun. <laughs> you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> It it means that to the people who were into it. Yeah. I you know, yeah, I, I mean, saw the original Friday the thirteenth and that was a messed up movie. I liked the first one because it turned out the, the killer was not who everyone thought it was. It didn't matter who the killer was. <laughs> there was just all these horrible things going on. I mean if you're not into slasher movies, well, we, had, right. we hadn't seen anything them, like but, that but, before. But, but, I mean I, I but, saw yeah. it in, in the cinema and and I regret that to this day. <laughs> Had a very young uh, Kevin Bacon in it. Yeah, he got an arrow. Well, it was just the next. Uh, it was just the next evolution because we'd been all the way, you know, ever since Psycho came out in the fifties or sixties. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know you have a steady progression, and then when you got to the eighties, it was time for the slasher film to be born, and uh, and now everything is trying to kind of harken back to that, you know, be kind of nostalgic with that. You know, we're, we're starting to get movies like Freaky that I uh, talked about earlier, where it's like a comedic take on the slasher genre uh, with a little bit of magic sci-fi kind of mixed in. Uh, Virginia, you have anything else you want to add before we uh, close up? Um, I can't think of anything. Thank you for letting me hop on last minute. Thank you for joining us. Great to see you. Great to see you all too. Rick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? 
you can find me in your local graveyard behind the third tombstone to the left. Um, playing knucklebone. <laughs> All right, Jen. Uh, I'm not in the graveyard, but uh, I'm probably in the haunted house next to the graveyard. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, right here on Cosmic Potato, often on that Star Trek podcast, occasionally on Captain Game Show, uh, formerly on the Prime Direction before I handed the reins off to Rick. Does anyone notice that I'm saying exactly what I said the last show that we recorded an hour and a half ago? Uh, and I'm currently in production of the first season of my new podcast, I'd Watch That for a Dollar, where I sit down with a guest and we review a movie that I purchased on DVD or Blu-ray from my local dollar store. Uh, Movies that most everyone has not seen. Uh, however, if you're tired of listening to me and you would like to uh, see some of my work instead, you can visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com for a bunch of my graphic artwork. Uh, and if you don't want to navigate the website, you can check out my Twitter at Planet Rise. All right. And if you want to get in touch with us, stay tuned. We'll let you know how. Uh, thank you all for 200 episodes. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful Halloween. Be sure to join wait, us next wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. wait. There, yeah, there's John. Oh, by the way, John, where can we find you <laughs> elsewhere on, uh, on the Captain internet? Game Show, the trivia and wordplay podcast of the Infinite Potato Network. There you go. That's my John impression. He sounds <laughs> absolutely like this. He's got two M. Oh, right. <laughs> I shouldn't read that. You know, you don't have to read every note. All right. Uh, I love be sure Lamp. to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, two butts are weird. That's it. They're just weird. It's not two butts. It's just it's, two. It's butts okay. are weird. That's oh. the second. first one is one. Wait a minute. It's the second might hear John okay. say. All right. It's be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Pantal Podcast. Hey, I mean, two butts are weird. Yeah. The five-assed um, monkey. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Pantal Podcast, when you might hear John say, you know, if Peter Parker would just uh, patent web fluid, he'd be set for life. Plus, you know, I can think of all sorts of applications, medical, transportation, construction, etc. And butts are weird. That's it. They're just weird. <laughs> thank you for joining us be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram this conversation can serve no purpose anymore goodbye you can find the show on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and stitcher Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Brought to you by infinitepotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.